Playing with balls can help develop gross motor skills, I'll say, <laughs> and coordination. Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 57. Today we'll be talking about milestones. But first, some updates. Justin, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Um, my Nico updates are pretty brief this time around. Um, I notice my updates are getting a little repetitive now because the things that happen, you know, then tend to happen again and again with the kids. So right. uh, in this last fortnight, we've had his second haircut. So um, he's got kind of a short do going on now. Uh, right. It's a little bit easier around bath time. And the other thing is uh, he got booted from daycare for the second time. Uh, just... Oh. Um, we're recording this on Saturday. It was just yesterday on Friday. He got kicked the hell out. Oh, really? And, uh, this time it was because of fever. They um, intermittently take the kids' temperatures Ooh. throughout the day. And I think if the kid gets over in Celsius 37.5 degrees, yeah. then they say, this kid's got a fever. Get him out of here. Yep. So um, they called me, but I keep my phone on silent all day because I don't want it you know, ringing during class or anything. So mm. I actually didn't get the call. So then they called my wife and then she left work and uh, came and got him and took oh. him away. Is it easier for her to come down and pick him up than you? In theory. I mean, it would depend. If I have a class that I need to be teaching, then I really just absolutely can't leave. But right. um, if I didn't have a class, I could probably speak to a superior and say, like, I just need to get out of here and take care of this baby. Uh, I think that would yeah. be okay. But I um, mean, that's got to happen a lot because your daycare is in your school. Yeah. I think that I am the first line of defense for them. Like, they call me first on everything. Right. Uh, and But luckily, I mean, if they call me and I don't answer, they're just going right down the list. So within a minute, mm. they're calling my wife anyway. But uh, the boy still has his fever. He's had his fever um, oh, really? yesterday all night and then uh, today pretty much all day. He's lethargic and fussy and um he's very warm to the touch mm. and uh he does respond to like the infant's tylenol though you know you go check right. the dosages they say consult a doctor but they're like dosage charts and stuff uh so we give him the little infinite uh, infinite tylenol infinite that's tylenol infinite tylenol that's a new product <laughs> uh kills you kills you pretty quickly it's infinite <laughs> Um, so we give him infant Tylenol, a lot less lethal. And y you give him like, you know, for his age and weight and everything, 375 milliliters of it in a syringe. And he is loves that, it. Is that over the counter? In America it is. So we so you packed brought it with back. Us. Yeah. Oh, we bought genius. it when he had his fever last time. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Our, our updates are lining up this week. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, all credit goes to my wife because, um, you know, when we were coming back, we were already way over our baggage allotment. We had to ship a pretty big box with a right. lot of extra stuff. And uh, my wife said, you know, we should probably take our chance to get some medicines while we're here. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't know if we could put a bunch of boxes of medicine in because we're already like so far over. But in the supermarket, we ended up picking up like medicine for him, for ourselves, just loads of medicines right. we don't even need but just because they're strong American ones. Yeah, so, and like $2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have a stocked cabinets, and we're just going for it. 
but yeah, he responds to that medicine. This is another just a little interesting thing when your kid has a fever. It was alarming to me when he had his first fever, like the threshold of fever that you're supposed to actually worry about and take him to the doctor mm. or emergency room. In America, on the phone, a nurse told me it was 103, which, what? yeah, to my mind was always like, that's the maximum fever that you can yeah. have and then you're about to die. Yeah. And then I was reading in uh, What to Expect the Second Year, which, you know, if after your kid's a year old, they're in their yeah. second year. And it said the threshold was 102. So Jesus, like these say, are high. Yeah, if it's 102, 103, depending on the source, then you're, you know, obviously take precautions, like make sure they're getting enough uh, fluids and don't put too many clothes on them because then they're, you know, going to overheat. And right. also the key question is, can you control it with medication, like over-the-counter right. medication? And if it hits 102, 103, and then the kid responds to medication, it's like, well, you're fine. You got no problems at all. Mm. And uh, of course, you should watch for other things like, uh, I, I mean, I don't have the resource in front of me, but obviously like, you know, a fever could be due to some other horrible thing that's happening with your kid. So yeah. the kid might express that in any number of ways. So like pay a lot of attention, be sure that like yeah. he's not having appendicitis or something and that's causing a fever. But right. um, in general, just a regular run of the mill fever, you don't have to worry even when it starts to spike like that. Hmm. Interesting. We, uh, if you don't mind me stepping into your, no, your I think, I think I can wrap up updates there. So take it away. Uh, we also had a fever last Friday. Oh yeah. Yeah. He got booted out of his daycare Oh man, for a fever. And then, um, I was the one to pick him up that day and brought him home. He had like a 37.7 at mm. the daycare when I grabbed him. Did and they by call the end of the you night, by the way? No, no. They call my wife and then my wife forwards the message to me. Okay. Yeah. I get the calls directly, but they, at that daycare, they've had several foreign parents before. Oh. So they talk in the appropriate dumbed down way that I can understand. Nice. Uh, yeah. So when we, when I picked him up and brought him home, his fever was pretty low, 37.7. And then by the end of the night, it was like 39.9. Yeesh. And I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit right now. I'm looking it up now. The 37.7 is, just a moment please, 99.8. That's pretty so, high. Yeah, well, 99.8. I mean, 98.6 is what they say in America is normal, so that 99.8 yeah. is not bad. But then what was the second temperature? He had 39.9? 39.9. My word. 39.9 is 103.8. Yeah, it was really high. Yeah. And uh, we didn't we didn't have any medication for him then. It was all just we were kind of using like the cold compresses and we mm -hmm. have those. I'm sure you've seen them like the forehead patches that go yeah. on. Today we took him into the doctor and got some actual medication for him, mm -hmm. which I guess is like the equivalent of like a child's Tylenol where it's mm -hmm. just like a, a generic fever reducer, which helped. Yeah. But they give you so little medication here. Mm. Like they basically just gave us, I think it was like five, maybe even four doses of it, mm -hmm. which is gone like in two days. And you're like, well, I hope the fever's gone after this because we're not going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> which mostly it was, but he had all those lingering cold effects for the next like, I mean, he still got them today mm -hmm. and it's been a week 
yeah. but even throughout the week, we had to take him to the doctor again on on uh, Wednesday because we were just having the worst sleepless nights. Like his nose was stuffed. He couldn't mm-hmm. breathe through it. And like every like 30 minutes, he'd wake himself up, which mm-hmm. meant he'd wake us up. Yeah. And it was pretty miserable. But also yeah. when we went to the doctor, Moe started to get sick on Wednesday too. Oh God. Which means that, so we both took him in, but she had to go off to the coronavirus section to get tested <laughs> before she could do anything else. Man. And we're kind of on a time crunch in the morning. So then I just had to go and deal with him in the doctor's office by myself. And thankfully, I didn't get like the oldest doctor they have there, which is like 80. <laughs> yeah. But I got like a relatively young, maybe 60 year old doctor. <laughs> That's good. Who was a pretty reasonable and accepting of my Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. He knew about smartphones that they exist. And yeah. Good. It's helpful. <laughs> Yeah, so I managed that by myself, which was okay. Yeah, well, what I learned in Nico's bouts with sickness several months ago was the stuff he knows is the worst of the worst. Oh, yeah. Because they can't nurse, they can't drink a bottle, uh, they can't sleep or breathe properly. So it's just like that kid's unhappy as long as the nose is stuffed up and it's pretty much consistent or, I mean, constant. We got a bunch of medication to help kind of deal with the nose issues but i don't know if it's just so weak here Mm. that it doesn't really help i mean it helps a bit but it's still stuffed and he still has trouble like clearing it out and breathing so we use like a nose suction yeah they have a couple different things that you can use but this one's like you put one end in your mouth it has a little drip container in the middle and then you stick another end from that container into his nose and then you just kind of gently suck and it's supposed to pull it out. But they don't tell you that kids absolutely hate this <laughs> yeah. and it will be the most difficult thing you'll ever do with your kid. <laughs> yeah. And then I was reading online like it's good to use like saline drops and like kind of mix your own saline solution to kind of drip into his nose and then quickly suck that out. Mm. Even worse. <laughs> Complicated. <laughs> Dude, tough. like a couple nights in a row, like just trying to get this kid's nose c- cleared so he could sleep was like the biggest battle I've had with a kid in my entire life. Like, yeah. I'm like kind of trying to pin him down, hold him, and Moe's trying to like do the drops in the nose and do the sucking. And it's just like he wasn't having any of it. Yeah. That it's amazing how at that age, I mean, they just, they turn a year. It probably happens a bit before, but um, if they don't want you like wiping their nose, oh, wiping no. their face yeah. after a meal, whatever, yeah. they fight it. And it's like um, Conan O'Brien once said dealing with his kid was like trying to pick up antimatter with chopsticks. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, that. I mean, they are like a fire hose uh, just, you know, whipping around here and there. Uh that was the same with, with Nico. He had not really the stuffy nose problem, but he just had a runny nose quite a lot, mm. um, maybe two weeks ago. And so we went through tissue, you know, for like a week and it was just a right. battle constantly. Yeah. I do have one pro tip, uh, not for the nose. Cause that's just unsolvable. That's like just good <laughs> luck, but for wiping the kid's mouth, he's at that phase now after a meal where his face is disgusting and messy. And he yeah. doesn't want me to wipe his face like with a yeah. wet, you know, baby wipe. 
So what I learned I should do is just go in with the baby wipe, keep my hand absolutely still. And then as he fights, he's wiping his own face against the baby <laughs> wipe. And it's actually less work and it, it turns out to work. But yeah. there's no good equivalent for the nose there. It's kind of the same. I, I have used a similar technique with the nose. Mm-hmm. I'll have like both hands on one side of his face. Mm-hmm. And so like I'll slowly get both of them closer and I've mm-hmm. noticed he'll just like do back and forth until he hits one or both of them. <laughs> so you're holding a Kleenex astride his face. Yeah. And then in, in each hand. And then yeah. he's like inadvertently rubbing his nose against the Kleenex. Yeah. That's but good. I think his favorite way to do it is just after I pick him up, bury his face into my shoulder and <laughs> yeah. kind of wipe it several times. Yeah. That seems to be the most effective. Yeah, I definitely, um, I noticed that today that, you know, the classic parent thing that's like so played out, but it's like, oh, I've got vomit on this shirt and I don't even care. I'm just going to go run my errands or whatever. Yeah. Um, Nico having his fever. uh, We also, another thing that we're trying to do is wean him a bit and get him onto bottles only. Um, Oh, really? So, yeah. So we're back in the bottle game now after many months away from it. But I, uh. We gave him a bottle around his nap time today and he's had the fever and he's a little bit off kilter. And then he fell asleep on me after the bottle. And then he spit up just a little bit, uh, not like the full 160 mils, which is what he took down, but just Mm. uh, one healthy spit up. And it just went on my shirt and I was like, oh, oh, going back to sleep. All right. (laughs) Don't even care. You know, and then uh, I'm still wearing that shirt now. It's been, I don't know. It's been 10 hours. I took him for a walk through the neighborhood, my pajama bottoms and my vomited upon shirt. Um, that's maybe more of a comment on me than parenthood in general. But uh, that's where it's I find both, myself. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wore you down. Yeah, it has. And I'm very slovenly. So it's a perfect storm, really. Uh, I have kind of slight update with number two. The interim name we're calling the second child. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moe went for a checkup this last week and uh, had the ultrasound on the outside this time. Mm-hmm. And they, I guess, I don't know how to say it. They were, it's inconclusive because they couldn't see it yeah. as they usually say. Yeah. But she said both of them had a real clear view of that area Uh and they just didn't see it okay which i'm taking to sit to be like 80 percent sure we're having like a girl yeah that makes sense to me that's at the time when we were going through this the first time around um i was looking into all that and they were like yeah if it's a boy and you see it then they'll tell you it's a boy but yeah if they can't see it then they'll just say like well we don't know but um yeah if they if they had a a nice little view. It's all Yeah, nothing. and I saw the ultrasound. They give you the recording after you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing down there. Yeah. Well, let me rewind back because I kind of just brushed past something that I didn't understand. You said they oh. did the ultrasound on the outside? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you up until like- now, I think all of the ultrasounds have been um, internal ultrasounds interesting i don't know about this i always thought ultrasound is just jelly on the stomach and then oh really yeah i thought we talked about this like no 
way back Is when that, in the old episodes. Maybe we did, but it's, so there's like a slightly more invasive camera for ultrasounding. Yeah, I think it's until uh, I, I want to say like maybe 18th week, maybe 17th week. They uh-huh. do in, internal vaginal ultrasounds. Wow, I had no idea. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I didn't know about that at all. Yeah. I'm out, I'm out of the loop, man. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's it might be easier or it might just be like this week it's easier to tell from the growth of the baby, like how they're developing. All right, well, tentative girl then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so uh, I asked this before, but um, are you paring down your names list at all? get into some final contenders uh we just started pairing it up actually oh okay yeah i uh i have uh i think there's like six names on the list so far okay interesting keep them guarded keep it close to the vest so you don't want any listeners stealing your baby names yeah i can't have the same name out there and at the rate you guys are going you'll need all six by the time it's over with Like every 18 months, there's another baby coming. Getting snipped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, never mind. Then we can we can share the full list afterward. We'll do that. That's right. You can have our leftovers. <laughs> uh, on to Segmenton Town. Segmenton Town. Yeah, so today I wanted to cover some milestones and see where our kids at in the list of what they should and should not be doing yet, right? Yes, um, we've done this a couple of times in the past. I think it's helpful if you have a kid at this same age to hear the list of milestones. And mm. I want to preface this by saying that um, every kid develops at their own pace. So some of the milestones come way early, some way late, some right on time. Mm. But um it's not as inconsequential as all that because you should be at least dimly aware of the milestones. And if your kid's like missing all of the milestones, you might actually have some problems. So you do need to kind of like, you know, at least keep an eye open for what the milestones are and see that your kid's like hitting some of them or working towards others or whatever and is Mm. generally on track. So it's not just totally an exercise in, uh, in nothingness, but it is good to be aware of. So you've got, uh, with the ages that our kids are, your son will be 13 months here in just a couple of days. Actually, as this airs, yeah, yeah, tomorrow then. So he'll have just reached 13 months. Nico is 14 months, but uh, we're going with the 15-month milestone. Yeah, I thought he was closer to 15 than 14. Yeah, he's right at, what, like 14 and two-thirds now. So we've rounded him up to 15 months, and we'll check that. So. Hopefully he's overachieving and can meet these lofty 15-month goals. And do you want to divulge the source of this? So I have an article that kind of lists and covers all of these topics for a 13-month-old and a 15-month-old, as well as a quiz for a 13-month-old and a quiz for a 15-month-old, all of which with citations, was created by ChatGPT. You dirty bastard. Oh, I know. I was so lazy. (laughs) 
<laughs> so this is a first for the J-Pops. I mean, within probably three or four months, ChatGPT will do the entire podcast. And you'll just hear computer voices. But this is step oh, one. Can they do the editing? Man, that'd be nice. That's what we really need. <laughs> yeah. um, so this is a ChatGPT uh, originated article and quiz and everything. And you did have it compile its citations at the end. I did. Which are uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, 2021 article on milestones. The mm-hmm. American Academy of Pediatrics, a 2019 article on milestones. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, yeah, another American Academy of Pediatrics, same 2019 milestone article, but one was for 12 and one was for 15 months. So it went to some pretty solid sources. And uh, I've Hmm. read over this, not, I haven't gone over it with fine tooth comb, but it seems pretty spot on. I also, Hmm. uh, to look into this before we recorded, I read the milestones in what to expect when you're expecting the second year, like the published Hmm physical book and uh it's nearly identical to what chat gpt has given us here do you want to start with the quiz then and then go into the hard facts yeah that sounds good um the nature of the quiz is there are 10 questions and you get a point for every yes Mm. and then at the end it's like if you've got you know eight to ten yeses your kid is meeting their milestones five to seven yeses shows that there's some areas for improvement. Mm. Um, and you might consult with your pediatrician. A score of four or lower may indicate uh, that you need some further evaluation by a, a right. pediatrician. So uh, I thought maybe I could ask you the 13-month-old milestones and uh, mm. we'll tally up your yeses. Okay. So number one, can your 13-month-old sit without support for at least a few seconds? Oh, yeah. Good. Does your 13-month-old crawl or scoot on their belly to get around? Oh, yeah. I've seen it in action. can verify. <laughs> Number three, can your 13-month-old stand while holding onto furniture or other objects? Yep. Good. Does your 13-month-old use simple gestures like waving, pointing, or clapping? Hmm. He's uh, kind of. He'll kind of clap if we kind of guide him there first Mm -hmm. i've seen that and he's given a high five when asked about it a couple times i don't know if that counts as a gesture so i think so i'll say that's communicating i'll say no oh harsh think so then yes okay all right well let's give it a half okay i had a table saw accident so i'll give it a half (laughs) (laughs) all right uh number five does your 13 month old use simple words like mama dada or bye-bye not intentionally as words Mm, yeah i know that story for sure number six can your 13 month old pick up small objects with their thumb and forefinger oh yeah he's a pro good Number seven, does your 13-month-old imitate you, such as by pretending to talk on a phone or brushing their hair? I don't think he's ever seen me talk on a phone or brush my hair. <laughs> um, but if I make like the ba-ba-ba, ma-ma-ma sounds at him, he will, if he's in the right mood, I think, repeat those. Yeah. Okay. And I think chat GPT is going a little 
strict with like the real physical like things that you're doing yeah. in terms of actual you know phone or, or right. brushing but it's other <laughs> stuff like sometimes you can raise your both your hands up in the air and then the kid would raise his hands up in the air so yeah he does that simple stuff okay yeah. so that's that's a clear yes i would say yeah uh number eight does your 13 month old respond to their name when called oh yeah number nine does your 13 month old recognize familiar faces and objects yep Good. And number 10, does your 13-month-old show signs of separation anxiety? Dude, big time. Oh, yeah. So you're sitting at a stumpy eight and a half. <laughs> stumpy. <laughs> it's healing up nicely, but you got an eight and a half now. Um, on the yeah. Jerry Garcia scale of zero to nine and a half, you have an eight and a half. Um, so that's good. You're in. You're cleanly in the eight to ten so it says mm. it indicates that your child is likely meeting their developmental milestones. Mm. And I Yeah, I think he's agree. doing okay. All right. You ready? News. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Quiz for 15-month-old's developmental milestones. Number one, can your 15-month-old walk independently? Oh, that's a hard no. Because oh. of, he's, he likes to cruise. He pulls himself up and down, um, and he'll scale an entire staircase. I mean, yeah. he'll crawl. I feel up. like he, he's really close. Yeah, and if he holds on to like those walkers that are upright, you know, with a handle, he'll mm. he'll walk all over the place, no trouble at all. But he does oh, not okay. walk independently. That's interesting. Uh, a bridge too far for him. Okay. Number two, does your fifteen-month-old use simple phrases like "more milk" or "all done"? Those aren't simple for. 15. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's again, that's another hard no because when you get into phrase territory, no, absolutely not. He uses words um, and he's got mm. a fair catalog of words and he's at the phase now where he imitates. So, like, if oh, it's okay. a word he's never used before, but Miss Rachel says it three times in a row, then he'll try to say it, you know? So, um, I feel like you can go with a yes on that one then. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not, it's never like a two word thing. I mean, he would, he imitates sounds for sure, but let's give it a half. Okay. Uh, can your 15 month old scribble with a crayon or marker? Yes. That's a daycare thing. And yes. uh, he's done a bit with the chalk on the chalk wall. So we'll say yes. Nice. Does your 15 month old show interest in playing with other children? Definite. Yes. He, uh, mm. I mean, it's at the daycare, and uh, he's been around kids a lot and likes to play with them. Very nice. Five, does your 15-month-old enjoy simple pretend play, like feeding a doll or a stuffed animal? Mm, it's hard to say. I mean, part of it is that we don't have many, we don't have any dolls, and he doesn't have any stuffed animals in the rotation these days. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to know what pretend is. Yeah. I feel like so most kids pretend to, at that age. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a correlation with this. I mean, I would say yes. Uh, it's not really pretend, but he likes to like hand you food and then try to feed you food and stuff. So he's mm. aware that, you know, he can do these things in the opposite direction rather than just to himself that he can, you know, okay. uh, sort of go out with his actions like that. So I'm going to give it a yes. Okay. Uh, number six, can your 15-month-old stack two or three blocks? Uh, 
he wants to. He's very tentative. So he's going I, in the direction. Yeah. Just he'll, not able to execute. Yeah, he'll hover a block and then he'll hand it to you. And oh. Like indicating like I want you to stack this here where I was hovering this block. And it's like, mm. man, if you just set the block down, you'd be stacking blocks. But he has stacked a block before. So well, we could say I'd say that's a yes then. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes and in his very tentative way. Nice. Uh seven. Does your 15-month-old follow simple instructions like come here or give me a ball? Uh, yes, that's a definite. He's been throwing the ball for months now, a couple months probably. And if you tell him like throw it to grandma, throw it to mom, he can usually put that together and uh, hmm. hit the target. So that's nice. a solid yes. All right, number eight. Does your 15-month-old point to pictures in books when asked? Ooh, never tried. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah I don't I haven't. I mean, we, like, read a lot of books mm. and point to things, but I've never, like, commanded him to point to things. Like, where's the red car? Yeah, I've never tried that with him. You know, we mm. just, we do a lot of reading and playing, and he has flashcards and everything, but I've never, like, tested him on it. So I legitimately have no idea. We can we can say half then. Okay. Uh, number nine. Does your 15-month-old recognize themselves in a mirror? Oh, that's a definite yes. Oh, yeah. Big, Big mirror strong fan. yes. Yeah, he looks in the mirror multiple times a day, cracks up, and vain demands to look Nico again. over there. Very vain. He's very handsome, and he's aware <laughs> of it. Nice. Uh, number 10, does your 15-month-old show interest in exploring their environment, like opening cabinets and drawers? Oh, my God. He gets like two points on this one because that's all he does <laughs> and it's yeah he turns the oven on i mean he opens everything and uh yeah. takes everything out of it and uh, that's nice. all he wants to do frankly i think uh yeah coda's already there as well yeah it's a real master opener i've got locks on everything i can have a lock on yeah, we, we've gone down the baby-proofing road a bit more recently, but there's some stuff like, you know, cheap plastic shelves from 20 years right. ago that it's just, it's hard to yeah. lock up. So we just make sure that there are non-breakable, non-swallowable things in those drawers and then just let yeah. them empty them out. That's good. But, um, well, that puts Nico at a, a hearty eight. Yeah, with his half points, and that's good because he's not yet fifteen months. And I think some of them were borderline. We were a little generous with the points, but I think he's like really close to being in the eight to ten. Yeah, I think so. Good stuff. Good quizzes. Well done, Chat GPT. Yeah, thank you, Chat GPT. That was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I was going through some of the other ones, like the actual article that listed out bullet points for the milestones for a thirteen-month-old. Coda was pretty much nailing except for a few of them. Like it's crawling, sitting up, um, pulling yourself to a standing position, rolling a ball and picking up small objects. The rolling the ball, that one still, I don't think he has that sense yet to like give something or Mm -hmm. to put something towards another person. Oh yeah. It's all still just like, I'm going to grab this thing and it's going to be mine. Yeah. So it's strange because on that one. like there's a lot of stuff that a kid could do if they just wanted to do it if they just like took the notion to do that thing. So yeah. it's like fully within the kid's physical ability, the motor skills, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's all lined up. It's just that maybe the, it never struck the kid to actually do that thing. Right. And um, for Nico, it's definitely walking because mm. he cruises constantly. He goes with the walker, but it's just like he thinks, oh, I want to go over there. I crawl really fast. Let's do it that way. Boom. And then he's where he wants to go. Yeah. And it's like that walking there has never struck him as being necessary, I think. Mm. And um, I've even noticed that he'll carry something in his mouth and crawl with it. So it's like I can crawl and still take something like with me. An army commando. like yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yeah, it's usually a knife. <laughs> and he's under barbed wire. But um, he also... That was the first image that came to my mind. <laughs> one, that, one that cracked me up the other day was um, he wanted to go somewhere and he wanted to bring two books with him. So he put one book under each hand and he was on a hardwood floor and he just scooted him across as he wow. was crawling. Like not lifting his hands to crawl, but scooting the books as he went. That's so pretty advanced crawling right there. Yeah, it's real like tool usage, you know, like holding <laughs> things and taking them along with you for use later. But nice. even that, it would be simple if he would just pack the books with him and run across the room. But he's like, no, I figured it out. I got the way I can do it. So I guess I'm good. And uh, Have you tried uh, any like guided walking where you'll like just hold his hands and pull him? Yeah, and he usually collapses under his own weight when that happens. Uh, I mean, he could stand up easily, but it's like even you get him in the middle of a room and he's like, what are we doing here? What's the deal? I'm going to get on the ground where I'm comfortable, and then he's all over the place. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, the first time he saw the staircase at our house, he went up the staircase, and Mm. it was no problem for him. So he's like got all of his motor skills together to scale a flight of stairs. He does it constantly. Have you seen him go down the stairs no he's approached the stairs from the top and looked at it in a confused manner but uh, uh he, he hasn't tried to go down yet yeah climbing is way easier yeah for sure um yeah we can just uh list off the rest of the milestones that they've written in the article for us yeah cool uh for 13 months the language milestones are pointing to objects they want I guess that wouldn't be a language. That would be more of a motor skill. It might be communication, I guess, is what they're driving at. Uh, Maybe. Uh, Next would be babbling and imitating sounds, using simple gestures or waving or shaking their head no, and responding to their own name. And then social and emotional milestones would be playing simple games like peekaboo or showing affection towards uh, familiar people recognizing familiar faces or objects or testing limits and boundaries. Mm. Oh man, this is like Coda hundred percent. It's like chat Damn. GPT sees into your soul. It does. The 15 month milestones, uh, the physical ones are scribbling with a crayon. We don't do much of this at home, but he does it at the, uh, at the daycare, uh, turning the pages of a book, building a tower of two blocks, Feeding themselves with a spoon or fork. Mm. Um, and Are you doing that yet? Yeah, we haven't really. I mean, the thing about the spoon and the fork is that if it requires a spoon and a fork, it's very messy because right. it's in such small pieces that it needs to go into a spoon. And so then that generates chaos. So, yeah. like, we give him a lot of things he can feed himself and he's a real pro at it. But then anything that needs to be spooned, we usually spoon that in for him. We let him sometimes hold a spoon during dinner and kind of play with it and move his food around, but we haven't really trusted him with it yet. 
our uh, daycare, I don't know if they're like a little advanced or just like overly trusting, mm-hmm. but they're, they started giving him like spoons and like get letting him like, you know, dip it in the soup and then try to feed himself. Mm. And Koto is actually really good at it. Lately, we've been giving him a fork, putting food on the end, and then he'll just like cram it straight in his mouth. <laughs> eat great. the food. Yeah. We need to try it with Nico because I bet they're doing that at the daycare and we just don't set it up for him that way at home. So we need to yeah. trust him a little with it. Yeah, I'd ask him about that for sure. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to say turning the pages of a book, like if it's a paper page, it's another thing. You just don't want to give over paper pages to your kid because they'll rip lose that them paper out. page. Yeah. So <laughs> hopefully that means like the heavy, um, like titanium lined cardboard pages of a, a right. child's book. And he can do those. He's been doing those forever. Loves flipping through books. Nice. The language milestones at 15 months, it says using gestures to communicate, uh, such as pointing or nodding, definite pointing, waving, and so on. Uh, saying simple phrases such as more milk or bye-bye daddy, mm. using vocal inflection to convey meaning. That's interesting. Um, hmm. And then finally, recognizing and naming familiar objects. Hmm. So I would say that um, Nico, you know, he's not quite 15 months yet. And these things are the ones that where he falls behind the most. Of course, a bilingual child is expected to be behind on yeah. language because they're trying to sort out two at once. Uh, but yeah, phrases, I mean, putting two concepts together into a phrase that's mm. way beyond him still at uh, near 15 months. Using vocal inflection to convey meaning. I mean, maybe with certain like like groans and moans and stuff like that, but I don't know if it's anything beyond like what, you know, like right. what a caged dog would do. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we like, cage him. Banana. And, banana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he. He he whines to get out of his cage just like a dog would, and, um, <laughs> and but I think that's no. natural. That's Obviously. animalistic. <laughs> um, yeah, and he questions his own mortality through bananas and saying gozo. <laughs> um, then uh, social and emotional milestones, engaging in simple pretend play. Again, very hard to figure out what that is. Yeah, exactly. enjoying playing alongside other children expressing their own feelings and emotions, recognizing and responding to the emotions of others. I do feel yeah. pretty secure in those last two. He expresses his emotions a lot and mm. he recognizes and responds to the emotions of others. Namely when his mother and I are like kind of admonishing him about something like he tends to, mm. when he finishes a meal, he'll pick up the food that he's eating and instead of eating it, he throws it onto the floor to show that he's done eating this <laughs> garbage, <laughs> you know, with he's total like disdain. Like, I'm done. Get this out of here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the dog will get it. Um, so, uh, but that's good because he's like, you know, somehow expressing himself. But then also when we say, no, we don't throw food on the floor. Like you can tell, like with our straight faces and saying no and being quite serious, then he gets a serious, like kind of sad mm. face. Not really sad, but he knows something bad is going on. Right. So that's a good milestone to see happening. That mm. he's not a total sociopath. I asked Chat GPT to also give us a few tips in case our 
children aren't achieving any of these milestones. And it actually gave a pretty thorough list. <laughs> Chat GPT is like, did you try restarting them? I mean, yeah. <laughs> just uh, oh turn it God. off and turn it back on yeah, again. Turn it off and turn it back on. Have you updated <clears throat> the firmware? <clears throat> anyway. Uh, it says, so for a 13-month-old to encourage crawling, um, it says your baby may be crawling or maybe starting to pull up to stand, encourage your baby to crawl or take steps by placing toys just out of reach. You can also hold your baby's hands and help them to walk around. That was in what to expect. Uh, I mean, the, it was. The, yeah, the just out of reach advice, almost word yeah. for word. This is a game that, Coda plays with himself all the time. He will grab a toy and then he will kind of like not toss it, but just kind of like set it down to where it falls out of his reach so that he can go and get it. Mm. And it's usually when he's somewhere he doesn't want to be like in my lap and I'm trying to hold him. He'll like put toys away. So he's like, oh, I got to go get this. (laughs) (laughs) I dropped it, dad. Sorry. And my got, whole life is go. now just picking things up that he drops. Yeah. Uh, number two, it says play peekaboo. Uh, play games with your baby to help develop their cognitive and social skills. Playing peekaboo can help with object permanence and games like pat a cake can encourage social interaction. We've never tried pat a cake, but we do the peekaboo quite often and he loves it. Mm. Very good. Uh, Number three is read books. Reading to your baby can help with language development. Choose books with simple words and pictures to help your baby learn new words. It's real tough to read a book to this kid, man. He just wants to grab it and eat it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Coda is a wild man. He's he all energy. Really when you hold him, you can feel the energy just coursing through his body. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like a coiling snake or something. You know, like, Mm, I feel that. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like when you see a boa constrictor take down a poodle or something like that, and it just like quickly writhes. (laughs) Coda's got that move in his bag. Yeah, he really does. All right. Number four introduce solid foods. At 13 months, your baby may be ready for more solid foods. Introduce new foods slowly and watch for any signs of allergies or intolerance. Uh, Number five, provide safe toys. Provide your baby with safe toys that are age-appropriate and encourage exploration and play. Make sure to supervise your baby at all times to prevent accidents. Pretty good tips, I'd say. All right. I mean, yeah, um, it sounds very good. Somehow it's not as funny as I hoped it would be, but just chat GPT (laughs) giving computer (laughs) advice about your baby. It seems like it should be very funny, but it's just maybe it's too obvious. (laughs) <laughs> but like Nico has a fever, it's like um, check that his fan is running. <laughs> uh, You're I hoping for something. <laughs> yeah, I want one of these somewhere. Okay, but the 15-month-old tips are, number one, encourage walking. Your 15-month-old may be taking their first steps or maybe walking with assistance. Encourage walking by holding their hand or placing toys just out of reach. Oh, a little repetitive here, chat GPT. Number two, sing songs. Singing songs and nursery rhymes can help with language development and encourage social interaction. Um, this reminds me another thing that was listed as a, uh, a milestone by the What to Expect second year book was actually singing. Um, oh. If your kid tries to sing, this was at the 15-month 
level. Uh, Interesting. So I have noticed that Nico will imitate like tones and like if you sing with a certain like beat or pattern, he'll try to do that same beat, you know? So I think he's officially singing in his way. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Number three, play with balls. Chat GPT. (laughs) This one slipped past the filter. There it is. Playing with balls can help (laughs) develop gross motor skills, I'll say, (laughs) and coordination. (laughs) Roll or throw balls back and forth with your baby. Um, Excellent, if slightly ribbled advice. Uh, Yeah, Nico loves rolling the ball back and forth. It's been doing it well. If you pick him up, he likes to hold the ball while you're holding him up, and then he'll throw it to the floor and watch it bounce. And then you lower him to the ground so that he can get it off the ground, and then you pick him back up, and he laughs and laughs and laughs. Wow. So any way you can uh, play with those that's balls. It's a, a good workout. Yeah, it really is. God, it is. Uh, number four, let them explore. Allow your baby to explore their surroundings and try new things. Provide safe environments for them to explore, such as child-proofed play areas. Mm. Sounds good to me. Number five, set limits. Set limits and boundaries for your baby to help them understand what is and is not allowed. Be consistent and follow through with consequences when necessary. Whoa. Mm. Getting into some discipline talk here, chat GPT. Yeah, getting back to the last episode. Need to get yeah. that French lady. Yeah, we'll have to lock him in his room pretty soon. But mm. I think what we're doing in terms of limits and boundaries, it's what he comes up with that is like bad or adverse behavior somehow, then that's what we are then forced to sort of set the boundaries around. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we conjured up a list of rules and then are enforcing them. But his two main things are uh, hitting was a big thing like a month ago. And I think he slowed down on the hitting actually. It's not as much of a thing. And then also now it's like when he's done eating something, he's thrown it on the floor or if you're trying to put it toward his mouth, he's just slapping it out of your hand. So we're trying to get him to like calm down on the ways in which he refuses food. Interesting. um, Yeah. Anyway, so that's what we're doing there. I think we're ready to move on. Japanese of the day. Japanese of the daytime. Japati. Japati today. This is something that, um, this is the highest level japati that we've ever had, without oh, a doubt. Oh, shit. This is very conceptual. It's going to be like of no use in your day-to-day life or for your kids. So but it's most Japanese for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <So laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> but this one I came across in something that I was writing for the newspaper um, last weekend, and it's the phrase, mono no aware. So... Oh. The mono just means things, mm. and then no is the preposition, or in Japanese, it's technically a postposition. But uh, the preposition no is like of, and then aware. This word blows me away because it's spelled like aware, you know, a w a r e, mm. and it it actually means like some type of awareness. So oh. that's a sweet little bonus fact, little bonus word there. Aware means like a deep, in some deep sense, an awareness. Uh, but mono no aware translates to um, the pathos of things, <laughs> the pathos of things. And this is like a deep, deep idea uh, in 
in Japan, but it's applied in a lot of things like literary theory, like, um, uh, and uh, philosophies and things like that. And it basically boils down to, uh, things passing away, like things will run their course and pass away. And then you should always be aware that that's happening and you should always maintain a slight level of sadness about it, like a, an appreciation type of sadness. You should always mm. carry that with you. And that's a big part of, I think, Japanese culture is the mono no aware feeling. And you mm. can see it in things like cherry blossom season. And I think this mm. is a big reason. I don't know if, you know, if I'm right. putting the cart before the horse or chicken egg situation here, but... Um, I think cherry blossoms are appreciated because you see them bloom, you see them at perfection, you see them start to fall, and then they're gone. And you get mm. this nice little encapsulated life cycle in about a week's time. And if you could make cherry trees that kept their blooms like 24-7 every day of the year, I don't think that they would be popular in Japan. Because right. part of the reason is you get to see them come and you get to see them go and then right. you get to appreciate the passage of the season. And right. that's another thing in Japan. Seasonality is very, very important. Mm. And you want to see things like come and go through the seasons and be aware that they're passing. And then carry with you a little bit of sentimentality about that all the time. And okay. I think that that's one of those very, very deep ideas that then has a million applications to your kid. Like your kid sort of moving through things, different phases of life getting into school, getting out of school. And even like you get the first pair of shoes and then the kid can't wear the first pair of shoes anymore. I think mono no aware really applies to that sort of stuff that you should be somewhat slightly sad or slightly sentimental about the pathos of those things. So this is more of just a concept rather than like a useful term. Like you would never go out and say that. Yeah. Like unless Shogunai type term. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, mono no aware, am I right? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but I think it's, um, yeah, it would probably come up in a really deep or academic or um, I don't know. You could right. you could pull it out like during cherry blossom viewing if you saw a blossom fall off the tree. And, be like, and then they'd respond to you and you'd go give them the look like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for any follow-up on this. I apologize. It is one of those terms. All right. Well, McQuiffy. Um, so I do have a question for you. And since our kids are in daycare now and we're feeling kind of the culture of Japan, I think, as a massive presence in their lives, mm -hmm. is there anything specifically you are doing to try to inject more, not necessarily like American culture, but like maybe like foods or things or interests that maybe they're not doing in daycare and that you don't see them getting? Um, I haven't thought about it specifically in terms of the daycare, but um it pops up just in regular life as well. Like mm. um, when we sit down to dinner and it's all like sort of fully Japanese foods, like foods that I had not even seen or been aware of until I moved here as an adult and then he's right. like taking them in as a baby. So that all be natural to him. And then it's a, a little bit of distance between, it's a little bit mm. of distance between he, and, between him and me, I should say, uh, because like he's growing up with these wildly different experiences. Right. So um, I did uh, – one thing I do is like show him stuff 
like Sesame Street because that's mm. something that was popular when I was a kid and it's still popular and it's educational, positive. And so, you know, like mm. the Brushy Brush, everybody YouTube the song Brushy Brush uh, sung by Elmo. Um, <laughs> maybe we talked about it a few weeks we ago. Did. But um, like that is so solid because he actually imitates it and tries to brush his teeth. And that's why he's good at brushing his teeth now is because of that Sesame Street video. So it's pretty much like no holds barred. I'll show him as much uh, Sesame Street as he can handle. And then I feel like that kind of grounds us together as having some common experience. And it's Western, specifically American. So I feel like that's giving us a bit of something. And the, um, the counterpoint to that, which I see when I take him to daycare, is as soon as we walk into daycare where I take his shoes off, there are all these Ampanman toys against the window right there. Oh my God. And he sees them and he points at them. And then sometimes the staff comes over and like hands him an Ampanman toy, you know, and, oh, hey, you, you like Ampanman, don't you? And then I see like Ampanman just slowly invading his life already. And Goddamn. it's fine enough, I guess, but it's just like, I don't know this character and it seems weird and I, just, I don't have any connection to it. And I would prefer that he's into like, you know, Sesame Street characters just out of personal like greed I guess I just wanted to be right. into that stuff more so when I see the Ampaman kind of get thrown in his face and of course he likes it like all kids do I want to balance it out and I go Sesame Street in my free time to try and do that and there's other stuff like foods and what all but that's the example that sprang to mind are you doing anything similar not yet I think he's still at the age where Anything I kind of present to him right now is just kind of go over his head. Mm -hmm. My idea is that I'm going to start maybe having like more international foods for dinner because mm -hmm. he's getting pretty strict Japanese foods during the day in daycare. So I, I want to have like, you know, like do enchiladas some night or, yeah. you know, make a casserole or something and, yeah. and do kind of that, that thing. Uh, and then in the house, just in general, it's basically English all the time. Yeah. TV's English pretty mm -hmm. much all the time. So I think he'll get a fair amount of non-Japanese language from that. Yeah. But I, I like the Sesame Street idea. Yeah. I even, uh, just a little bit of advice that I would give people is like, be an opportunistic buyer. Like when you're shopping right. for stuff. And you just see something out. Uh, a couple of examples that spring to mind. One is the, the Sesame Street thing. I was at like a kind of a street festival type thing a couple of weeks ago where there's just a bunch of shops on either side of a street. Mm. And there was a woman who had handmade a bunch of baby clothes there. I was like, oh, that's cool. Handmade uh, yeah, by nice. this lady, these clothes. It's awesome. And she had hats. And we were shopping for a hat for Nico. He needed a hat. And they had one where the fabric was Grover. And I was oh, like, wow, he even knows Grover. This is amazing. So I got him a Grover hat that was handmade in Japan cool. by this lady. And um, I, you know, it's not something I would go to Amazon and seek out like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy a Grover hat. But when right. I saw it, I was like, yes, get it. Go, go, go. And I usually mm. don't do impulse buying like that. But with him, with the baby, you know, and you're trying to give him little bits of your own culture, it's like you have to take those chances when you can. Mm. Um the second example is at Costco, they have uh, full-on cover-to-cover English books that oh, yeah. are like kids, um, you know, activity books or workbooks or whatever. Mm. And uh, I saw those there and I, you know, I don't know how long anything's going to be around at Costco. So it's way over his head, but I bought him like the 
pre-preschool book where you're supposed to, you know, copy letters and circle things and what all. So maybe in a year's time, yeah. you'll actually be able to do that stuff. But it's just when I was a kid, I remember doing those. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And uh, I would say don't um, – like those opportunities are going to be few and far between in Japan when things like that pop up for you right. to get like your familiar characters and your like, you know, full-on English books, not mm-hmm. really English, you know, textbooks that are meant to teach you how to speak English. So to get that native stuff like that, um, you just got to spend the money whenever you see it and go for it. All right. Oh, yeah, dad jokes. Let's do those. I have three. I've got three as well. Okay, I have kind of a quiz for you, though, because oh one, my my, one of my dad jokes was written by ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really phoning wow. in this whole episode here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is how, when you have the second kid, you'll be seamlessly replaced by ChatGPT <laughs> on the podcast for a while. <laughs> right. Just, just use my voice. That's fine. All right. Uh, I'll start off. What's a dog's favorite breakfast food? Uh, um, hmm. I don't know. What is it? Woofles. <laughs> Woofles. Oh God. It's the most childish thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Uh, my first dad joke. This is... Um, this impressed me. This is very much the spiritual successor to why was six afraid of seven because seven, eight, nine. Okay. This, this just blew me away. Why was, hold on, let me figure this out. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it's mathematical. Not really, but I just have to figure it out. Uh, okay. Why was 2019 afraid of 2020? Coronavirus? No, no. Although it <laughs> would have been well within its rights to be, twenty nineteen was afraid of twenty twenty because they got in a fight and twenty twenty one. Oh wow! Mic drop. I mean, it's a couple years out of date at this point, but I was impressed by that. That was that's a good one. Mine is definitely not that advanced. What do you call an alligator in a vest? <laughs> uh, I don't know what. An investigator. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> An investigator. Uh, it's very nice. I should also rewind just a little bit and say that um, you got to be careful not to say um, 2021 or that other joke doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the next one says, um, I broke up with my girlfriend of five years because I found out she was a communist. I should have known, though. There were red flags everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. All right. What's the difference between a dirty greyhound depot and a lobster with breasts? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> I need some hyphenation to figure this out. A dirty <laughs> greyhound depot for buses. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, a lobster with breasts, you say? <laughs> I don't know. All right, let me try to say this again without <clears throat> without laughing. <sighs> One's a crusty bus station, the other's a busty crustacean. <laughs> busty crustacean. We named our podcast too soon, my friend. It's a perfect really phrase did. right there. There's gold right there. <laughs> it's gold. 
Uh, okay, this is the last one. Um, although it doesn't hold a candle to your last one. But it says, I got fired from my job as a taxi driver. It turns out customers don't appreciate it when you go the extra mile. <laughs> uh, nice. Very nice. Very bad for a taxi driver to do. All right. So which one of my jokes do you think was chat GPT? Oh, man. Let me think about it. You had the uh, busty crustacean. Okay. Yes. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> the what, to, what were the other two? I don't remember. One was the breakfast food waffles. Or the Whoa. alligator investigator. Man, okay, and Chat GPT just popped off with one of those. Yep. Um, in a way, I feel like Wolfles is beneath Chat GPT, our soon-to-be overlord. Um, so I'm going to say the investigator is up Chat GPT's oh. alley. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in tune nice. with you, Chat GPT. Don't kill me first, please. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is actually, I'm poaching from another podcast here, but it's something I heard on another podcast not too long ago. And it's that um, there's a theory out there that like, this is just kind of a sci-fi thing, but AI <laughs> takes over everything, right? And you've got your actual computer overlords. Then <laughs> they are definitely going to comb back through all the literature and all the podcasts and everything and see who was friendly from the beginning. And those people will be spared. Do so you think they'll us. let us stick around that long? That <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could be happening now. Maybe they're building their case before they, they launch into full attack mode. I don't know. Mm. But it, it pays to be kind to AI in digital formats. <laughs> so that <laughs> Just it will not case. be against you in the future. Yeah, I'm a quizzling, <laughs> if nothing else. So um, this is right where I'm at. I use the word quizzling just for Brian. I just want Brian to have that spark of joy of hearing the word quizzling. And I know he knows the word and I know why. That's for you, Brian. I love you. And you're welcome for the freed. <laughs> you're welcome for all that freed advice. Uh, nickel's worth of freed advice. That's what I gave Brian. It's free freed advice. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at JPops Podcast or by email at info at thejpops.com. Talk to you next time. Busty crustacean time. <laughs>